What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog, here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. Hey, 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 what do you say? How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? And, of course, we got one of our favorite guests on the line this week, man. The reverend of real shit, the brother from another mother, my man, Sam Spade. What's going on, Sam? What it do, what it do. This your boy, Sam Spade, on the block. Let's get it in, because we got some shit for y'all ass. Nice. Let's get it in. It's a good intro. Okay, um, first off, I just want to show some respect, dog, to my guy Taker. Uh, 30 years in the business. My guy's been around since before Matt was born. Uh Yep. And my adolescent years and Sam Spade's adolescent years and 30 years later, uh, we finally got the last ride. Uh, Sam Spade, how do you feel? And give us your Undertaker moments and just, you know, talk to us about Taker for a minute. Well, my thing about Undertaker, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's one of my favorite wrestlers because he probably wasn't. You know, but I always respected what he did in the ring. He very rarely had a bad match, Goldberg. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the icon of the WWE, in my opinion. And that says, that covers a lot of ground. Because once he came to WWE, he was, The Undertaker and WWE was synonymous with each other. Period. Period. Now, you can say the same thing about Stone Cold, The Rock to a degree, John Cena. But you can't say it about Hogan with his bitch ass. Nope. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite Undertaker moments I got three of them real quick was a when he beat Hogan, ironically enough. For the title. Yep, for the title. He beat Hogan. My favorite for the title. My favorite part of that match was Ric Flair sliding the chair under the ring for taking a tombstone him on and then sliding it right back out real slick like the dirtiest player he is. Mm-hmm. And I quietly forgot that, um, I forgot, but, you know, it was one of those things where I'm actually surprised that Hogan actually let that go. Like, let him go over so clean, you know, all being considered. The second memory of, um, of Undertaker that I like the most is when he fought Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, that feud was popping. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't watch it live, per se. I was at a movie theater where they bought it on pay-per-view, so it was kind of live, but not really. But that crowd in that theater was lit in that match. No, I loved it. And then, of course, the um, trilogy between The Undertaker and DX, you know, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, actually is more like a quadrilogy. We quadrilogy, have the, whatever the WrestleMania 25, 26, 27, and 28. Um, I gotta say, uh, my three favorite Undertaker moments, uh, number one was the very first Hell in the, well, not the, yeah, the very first Hell in the Cell was Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at In Your House Bad Blood. Uh, I was there live in the audience, damn near in the front row. I was right, like, four rows back where Shawn fell through the table, uh, that was Kane's debut. Uh, that night was just insane all the way around. Um, my second favorite Taker moment is, of course, the one that lives throughout history is him and Mankind in the Hell in the Cell. Uh, Mankind, w- 
Undertaker came into that match with a broken foot. Not only did he come in with a broken foot, but mankind left with a broken body. Mm-hmm. And even to today, that match is still talked about some 23 years later or something like that. Uh, craziness. And my third favorite Taker match, even though he didn't win, it shocked the world, though, was the streak. That was the moment that stopped the world. For all intents and pur- purposes, uh, I don't even know if Taker knew what was going on, but he stopped the world. That was on the front page of every news article, every website. And like, even if you didn't like wrestling, they even covered it on The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot. And um, he tried to make me cry during this documentary. Because <laughs> at the end, when they start playing that George Strait troubadour and he's going through saying all the all throughout the years, his family and all that stuff, they tried to make you shed some tears in that joint. Um. But, I mean, Taker's just the most iconic character of all time. Period. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, my favorite Taker is uh, American Badass Taker. You know, uh, I, I recently, I, I recently just watched uh, the. I'm I'm rewatching the Rufus Aggression era. So, Taker was on Raw during the dying days of the Attitude Era and the early days of the Rufus Aggression. He was my favorite part of that show at that time. He was just a badass heel at that point. Uh, let's see, I think it uh, really showed his uh, versatility. You know, he doesn't always have to be, you know, just a dead man. You know, he can be a biker or, you know, something dead else. Dead man walking. Right. Uh, my favorite uh, Taker feuds, uh, both times he did it with Brock, you know, because when Taker and Brock feuded for the WWE title in 2002, I was right after Brock had won it. And, you know, Brock, he had his little feuds with the Hardy Boys, and he did take it from The Rock. But that was Brock's first real feud as WWE champion with The Undertaker. It kind of solidified yeah, his Yeah, it did. Run. It solidified his run as a main eventer. And, you know, it showed that Brock was ready to go with the big dogs because he did uh, go with The Undertaker. In and Hell then, in a Cell. Yeah, it did have a Hell in a Cell. And then, and then in 2015, when they did it again, you know, at that point, we kind of uh, all thought that, you know, Taker was, you know, kind of moving towards the door. And I think that that feud with Lesnar, it really showed that Taker could still go at that point. You know, he could still, with the right person, he could still have a long feud. And it would be entertaining because it was entertaining. Because yeah, the, the brawl that they had on the Raw before <laughs> SummerSlam was insane. Truth still kills me. Brock, Brock, please calm down, Brock. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the few that they had right there yeah. going into SummerSlam and the and the match too with uh with them sitting up laughing at each other. Like that's a mean moment. Like yeah, still they use they still beam that to this day. Yeah. And uh man, I just it's it's not enough you can say about the Undertaker. And I hope he has a happy retirement. Uh Vince, just leave him alone, bruh. Quit calling him. You don't need Taker anymore. Let him ride off into the sunset. Because I guarantee you, Vince is going to call him. I mean, 
I, I can't think of any other wrestler to still be doing this 30 years later at this high of a game. I like, can only think of two, and that's Taker and Flair. Those are the only yeah. ones yeah, that I'll lasted past their, past their prime and was still going yeah, at a true. very high level. And not to mention that Taker's last match, that Boneyard match, was so creative mm-hmm. and such a way to end it on a high note. Yep. Like, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better ending than what Rick and Sean had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, all right, man, let's get into some of this shit, though. Um, first off, um, we covered Championship Monday on the last podcast. Did we? Yeah, we did. We definitely did because uh, I started off asking right, you, are Charlotte's you happy? In, Charlotte's injured, right? Sam Spade, are you happy that Charlotte's gone? Why do you have to do this? Oh, boy. I'm so mad at you guys. We don't like her, Art. Get over it. All right. Let, let, let me keep one on it. While I'm not going to say she was shoved down our throat, she was. She definitely was on TV quite a bit. I'm so now, mad at you guys. There's a reason for that. You know, she's fucking good in the ring. She's marketable. Yes, she does have the name Flair, so that that does help a lot. I'm so but sick of y'all using it's that. True. Would you let the man let talk? Me, let me finish. Okay. But what that really does is just open the door. She still has to walk through it, and she's done more than just walk through it. She actually deserves some time off. I'm just actually more concerned about where is the women's division going to go from here. Although I am a big fan of having both Sasha and Bailey being dull strapped. Can't that wait for it. Hilarious. That would be fucking hilarious. But for her, for Oscar to lose to Sasha, and this is weird because Sasha is literally the workhorse in the women's division. She's literally the workhorse. Like, if you put Charlotte and Sasha like they did before, you know, they kept trading the raw women's title back and forth for like ever for a while. So those two are the perennial talent in the women's division. But Oscar isn't to be underrated either. You know, and she quietly made Charlotte tap out, which has never happened before. Yeah. So if she, so if she's going to lose to Sasha. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I, I Sasha did okay make Charlotte it, tap out. What? I'd mean, be okay with it, but twice. Yes, she did. Sasha's, Sasha's, Sasha's tapped made, Charlotte. Yeah, Sasha's tapped tar- Charlotte twice. Actually. Yeah. Once for the women's title on a pay, on they were a, both for the women's title yeah. on Rawls though. But the second time she was uh, Charlotte was in the, in the steps, right in the in the railway step thing, yep. and, and she bank statement her through the rail, right. But yeah, I forgot about that. But it is true. I don't really ca- well. I mean, it's technically a don't undermine Sasha's achievements now. Please don't. Don't get Maddie up here turning red. Because people are so quick to give that first tap out, to, to give Oscar the first Charlotte tap out. No, 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 no. Sasha did. Sasha Banks. No, he ain't no ass whooping going on over here, but I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying. I'm just I'm saying. Just saying. People, were, people were quick to give that accolade this week. But I'm so sick of people using Charlotte Flair's name because if that was the case, 
David Flair should have been big. Tamina Snooker should have been big. The Colognes should have been big. Like, there's so many second... That's not true. That's not true. Yes. Not true. If you want to uh, use names as a no, reason... No, no. She wouldn't be a 12-time women's champion without it, though, Art. That's just a fact. That's not Art, true. It's a fact. She would wait, not wait. be a 12-time women's champion unless her last name was Flair, That's Art. not true. So... No. Let me reiterate. So the great, all the great women's... Let them talk. Go ahead. Let me reiterate what I said. Full of shit, Art. Flair Flair is the the only name in wrestling that gets recognition. We know this. A lot of people have gotten through the door based on their name. Randy Orton, Tamina, quite a few. But all that does is get you in the door. You still have to fucking decorate the place. That's what I'm saying. The Rhodes Flair got her 12 reigns. The Rhodes... Are you crazy, dude? There are so many. What about fucking Curtis Axel? Blair His dad was Mr. Fucking Perfect. Reigns, Art. Stop. Okay. No, I Curtis, won't stop. Curtis Axel. Wait, I want to speak on Curtis Axel real quick. Curtis Axel, the way he fizzled, that wasn't his fault. How they come? Tried to make, they, they literally tried to make him Mr. Perfect 2.0. You can only have one Mr. Perfect. That's like if you got Undertaker's son, if he has one, I'm not sure if he does. They put him with Paul fucking Heyman. They put him with Paul fucking Heyman. And there's not too many people that have Paul Heyman as a manager that don't get by. There's only three that I can think of. It didn't work with him, no. There's only three that I can think of that had Paul Heyman as a manager and didn't make it. And that's that's Big Show. That's Can't have another 2.0, Mr. Big Perfect. Show, Cesaro, and Curtis Axel. At that point, you could only picture Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar, though, Arch. Like, the, not, for those of you that did not watch ECW, that's the only person you could picture Paul Heyman with. So it's not really going to work he with somebody else. He turned on Brock. And you just said it didn't work with the Big Show. It didn't. I'm not going to lie, though. His, um... Royal Rumble gimmick, that shit was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I still haven't been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that, that's yeah, pretty hilarious. Taking a technicality and running with it and you can't dispute it because it's true. That shit is actually pretty hilarious. That, but but they, they robbed him, though. I'll say that they robbed him. But that's what I'm saying. Like, your name only gets you so far. No. There is a it's heavy true. rumor that Ric Flair wants to see her break his record. Okay? Everybody wanted to see John Cena do it, too. I'm just saying, it would not be happening if they were trying to break Rick's record, Art. It wouldn't. I'm sorry. I'm going to stand firm on that. It would not be happening if they were not trying to break Rick's record. I don't think that's true. Dog, I don't care how great you are. You don't get 12 title reigns. You you don't. Are you going to let Sam Spade get a word in? You don't. Go ahead. When it comes to Charlotte, your blood just boils. Man, whatever. Go ahead. I personally feel that if they're going to let Charlotte... Get his record. She got to beat John Cena for the title for it. Boom. Can't wait to see that. That's how I feel. And she's going to figure out his ass to the oblivion. I mean, if she beats him, that's awesome. You know, but they're they're literally pushing towards her getting some type of male title. Well, they might as well. She's already cleaned out the women's division. They might as well let her go after the men so she can clean that one out too. Have her be Universal Champion, WWE Champion, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, all in one time if you want, Art. I'm cool with that. Oh, of course you are. No, oh, of course I, you I'm are. Not, I'm not cool with that for one reason. All this is really going to end up doing is tarnishing China's legacy. Give me a break. Well, speak to Tessa Blanchard. 
Oh, Lord. It's, it's just going to turn to China's legacy. China was the first. Let's talk about China. it. Let's not. Let's talk about it. Tessa Blanchard let go from TNA. Fired. Like a Sam Spade over there chuckling. With, with the title. Wait. He can't wait to go in. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know where she's going to go from here. Um, I have I haven't the slightest clue. Me neither. I don't think anybody wants her. To be I mean say I hear she's kinda hard to work with. Not just well, hard to the, work let's with. Let's be real here. Let let's be real for a second. If COVID wasn't a thing, she'd be hired in like two like within an hour after her being fired from TNA. I don't think so. I do. Uh, with all with all of the allegations that came out against her, with her being such a bully, and the racist stories, and then oh, right, 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 I forgot about. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I don't know where she goes from here either. With all of that stuff on top of her burying a whole division of men, and I don't know where she would be as popular as she was in Impact Wrestling. She was worshipped in Impact Wrestling. I'm saying, do you put her in the women's division? Do you put her in the men's division? Creative kind of wouldn't know what Wherever to do Wherever she's her. going, nine times out of ten, she's going to be in the women's division. Right. The Impact, they play by their own rules nowadays. You know, that was, their, that was their decision to put her in the men's division. But wherever she's going, I bet money she ends up in the women's division. Like, she's not going to have the same kind of stroke that she did in Impact. I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, the character that they kind of played up. Yeah, I personally think all wrestling, you need to stop for like a few months. I've said it. I said it. Uh, when we get close to WrestleMania, I don't think pro wrestling is essential. I'm sorry. We could do without it for a little while so these superstars don't catch it. Because that's I mean, what happened to WWE. I yeah. mean, they can use the TV slot. They got to play old school Raw and Smackdowns and every once in a while a pay-per-view from old school. Exactly. They they do well, they're doing it, it now. Well, they, they should continue the to do that then. Yeah, they're doing it now since uh, since the UFC has moved away from Fox Sports. They've been showing WWE pay-per-views on Fox Sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but I'm talking about in the like, USA and um, well, I guess Fox. Time-wise, they got some Smackdown and Raw. And then put the talent on furlough for a while. Because they got enough money to pay the talent. Even if they offer like a little pay cut, like a 20% pay cut, but still get paid to sit at home and be safe. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to say, oh, I ain't going to want to do that. Yeah, That's true. They could. I mean, they went on a huge firing spree when the pandemic started. Yeah. Right. And then you got, you know, people getting COVID from the performance center and shit. Now... You don't know if that shit spread or how bad it spread. And you in the hotbed of Florida. Come on. Well, the only names that I've seen so far is Renee Young and Kayla Braxton. Yeah, but they said like upwards of 20 uh, talent, uh, writers, producers, etc. has caught it in WWE. And, and, that has a, and that has the potential to fuck over two companies at once. Definitely. They tested Moxley. He came back negative. Yeah, then he'd be out for Fighter Fest coming up. Yeah, you know, so they, they, they all need to slow the fuck down. I think so, too. Well, with the COVID spreading like it did when the pandemic first started and the country not reclosing, it's still opening up. How do you feel about that? It's literally about the money. You got corporations that's losing money 
one's buying anything because they can't go there and shop. So they decided, well, let's just lobby to open this shit up. And on top of that, I think it's some kind of conspiracy shit going on. Not saying that COVID isn't real because it is, but they'll find a way to weaponize. Yeah, I personally think it's population control. I think that yep. they're encouraging people to go out so as many people get it as possible so we can build a herd immunity to it. Uh, I think that uh, more people are catching it because we're distracted right now. I mean, co- at the moment, if you're reading the news stuff, COVID's not the biggest issue in America right now. These race, the, these uh, riots and the protests and the priest, and the priest brutality is what everybody's talking about. Well, there are a lot you know, of cases that kinda are kind of being... going on and it's kind of going uh, underneath the radar, as they say. Yeah, but COVID doesn't go under the radar at all. It just I mean, it's in the an news, underlying they problem. Do. In the news, it does, though. Like, nobody's talking about it. Oh, they're yeah. talking about it. It's just that, you know, with uh, the things that are going on, it's kind of a little bit of a bigger story. Yeah. With uh, voter suppression, because in Kentucky, of course, they went from having 3,700 polls to 200. And most of them were brown and black communities that they took the polls out of. Of course. With... Hey, I, I want to speak on something real quick that's kind of tied to it. Yep, go ahead. What, what the fuck is with all these damn lynches all of a sudden? I refuse to call this shit suicide. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. And while we're on that, uh, the KKK held a rally in St. Louis today. And, uh, of course, a lot of people went down there and tried to interrupt it and a lot of shit's happening. But this is this is uh, Gunner's first time ever witnessing it live, like for real. So how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I am kind of uh, ashamed of myself, you know. What I used to do is I used to kind of try to live in my own bubble. And I realized that that can't happen anymore. You know, I have to address the things that are happening in my uh, community and everything. And it's it's just sad. It's unbelievable, really. You know, to think that we're still fighting the same fights that our grandparents fought. And that that hate group is still around and holding rallies and... To be completely honest, it is scary because it's not even really the people in the mask. It's once they take those masks off, they go back to their regular jobs. They're every every everyday everyday ordinary people, and you never know who's who. You know? Well, you can know because everything everyone going to show their true colors eventually. I mean, they have the element of surprise though. If they're not, you know, you would think that. vocally. You know, I'm this, I'm that. You would think that, but there's a reason why blacks are so skeptical of white people just regularly, you know, walking around because we don't know who's who. It's a reason why you're side-eyeing every white person around you most of the time because you've either been a victim of some shit or you know what's been happening in the world. So you look around at everybody and you're like, oh, he kind of looks like that guy that was at that rally. Or he looks like that guy that was waving that Amer- that Confederate flag. And by the way, 
with that Confederate flag shit, like you guys are wild because you do realize that the New Day lasted longer than the Confederacy. The Confederacy was only around for four and a half years. And they're acting like it's a heritage and it's not. So just to let you guys know, not only are you cheering on a loser, but you're cheering on a short term loser. I just can't really wrap my mind around this anymore about the lynchings and the police brutality. Like the attack on black citizens is definitely real. Oh, systematic racism is real. It's oh, been real for a long and time. It's I'm something just... that needs to be addressed and to be stopped, pretty much. Yeah, I'm just glad you're opening your eyes and seeing it. Yeah, my bubble has been popped. Because a lot of people are learning more about black history now than ever. As they should, as they should. You know, they should educate themselves on what's going on. You know about our past, about all the great things that blacks that black citizens have given them America. Okay, well I don't want to get too political on this joint. Not this time. We'll save that no, one because no, we can go yeah. on and Got on. For that ass. Yeah, we can keep going on and on about it. All right, man. Um, they had a triple threat match for the uh, North American title. Uh, the winner of that match faces Adam Cole in two weeks for a winner takes all. It's going to be the NXT title and the North American title. So Keith Lee pulled it off. Keith Lee. So where do you guys see this going? All right. Are we talking as if COVID doesn't exist or are we talking if it does exist? Well, COVID is existing. So. Who do you think is going to be okay. double champion? Okay. He's going to be double champion. Because the, the three states that are really big affected by this is Arizona, Texas, and Florida. Which is where they taste most of their shit. Yeah, Florida mm -hmm. is where numbers are spiking and everything is in the performance center in Florida. Oh, uh, them beaches are being reopened. No wonder. Let Florida do Florida. Yeah, Florida's going to do Florida and Florida's going to have a whole, whole lot, whole lot more cases God, you need to get with the program, man. It's we got to stay. You got to stay in Florida. My uncle Charla says the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Well, Florida, you're not you're not exempt. We got to stay in. So do you, man. Well, there is Rosewood, so. Florida gone Florida, man. Man, Florida gonna so, pull that stuff to the ground or something. Somebody answer my question. Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Keith Lee! That's winner my takes pick. all. That's my pick. I think that I, that's... I pick Keith Lee, but I, I, I gotta think about COVID. But y'all wanna know something funny? What? Dealing with COVID. I was in Florida in December and, and like the first couple of weeks of January this year when COVID hit and no one knew what the fucking was. And I can actually recall people actually getting sick. But no one knew what the fuck it was because no one followed world news down there. Dude, I swear in December, January, my daughter 
went to Washington, D.C., and she came back sick as hell, and nobody knew what it was. And then she yeah. got everybody else sick. And she got a lot of people in the house sick, and then no longer than a month and a half later, they say that COVID's out. Yep. By that time, everybody was over it. I never had it. Well, I didn't get sick when, that, when all y'all got sick. I didn't get sick. I don't get sick, yeah, bro. I know, Mr. Strong Immune System Yeah, over here. I got the greatest immune system of all time. My immune system is Charlotte. Yeah, he gonna live through it. So, all right. Um, the returning Bray Wyatt follow the buzzards, Bray. I think they're going a little bit overboard. Like, I was with it when there was two personalities, but I think three's overkill you know it's a little bit of a stretch to go from the funhouse guy to the fiend to bray wyatt the foul little buzzard guy at least for me anyway i think it's a little overkill i think braun's selling it pretty good because he did an interview on smackdown and he was talking about how he, how bray was getting bit by this snake and he's just laughing and you know it intrigued them and he started doing the devil's work and he loved working behind bray I think Braun's doing a pretty good job selling it. What is their match non-title? Is my question. Because you have to give Bray the title if he win if he wins, and if it's a non-title, then that means Bray can win and Braun can keep the belt, and the feud can keep going. Oh, uh, don't forget, it might be a dusty finish where they both keep their respective belts. There's always that possibility too. Bray doesn't have a belt. Oh, he's still talking about Adam Cole and Keith Lee? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't trust WWE at this point. I mean... Health-wise, health-wise, I don't just trust them, period. How could you at this point? They've thrown us so many curveballs and twists and turns. And can you believe that they're actually talking about reopening up to the audience? Are they insane? Really? Like, like... Like Sam Spade said, it's got to be about the money. It's definitely about the money. I've never called Vince a greedy you-know-what before, but if that happens, then... Because Vince is damn near a billionaire. I got to think so. Man, Vince is losing his fucking mind. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's losing his fucking mind. Well, we all are, man. I mean... No, 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 no. I mean, he's like almost eight. He's losing his fucking mind. He doesn't really understand what needs to be done. He's stuck in some shit. Excuse me. Stuck in a mindset that's almost comparable to Jim Cornette, which I'm pretty sure we're going to touch on that, too. All day. You know, and don't get me wrong. The old school wrestling, that's, that was some cold shit. That's where a lot of people made their name and all of that. But, you know, unfortunately... You cannot beat Father Time. But there was a difference. Back in the old school wrestling, kayfabe was real. Like, people thought that who you were in the ring was really who you were. And yeah, now... So Hacksaw, yeah, so Hacksaw and uh, I think it was the Sheik fucked that up. Yeah, and now we know that you're just playing a character that is just acting. And we want to see the real life person actually succeed in life. We don't want to see... What? I have, I have a question for you guys. Do you think if wrestling as a whole adopted the fact that they're literally just athletic actors from jump, they would be more successful than they are now? 
Well, I think they have adopted it now. I don't think that back then people would have uh, been as intrigued as they were if they thought, if they knew that it was fake. But see, that's the thing, though. They portrayed it as real, and people that had prior knowledge knew that it wasn't real. My question is, do you think they would have did better if they just came out front and just said they're just athletic actors? I think they might have because people wouldn't be able to go, oh, no, they're fake, they're no, fake, they're not real, I don't they're think, fake. I don't think so, and the reason why I don't think so is because if you'd have did that from Jump Street, how many people would have stayed to watch it, not believing it? You know what I mean? You know what? I mean, it's the same as theater. Uh, you know, you come to see uh, the uh, show. I'm, I'm going to point out something that's going to accentuate his point. Nitro. Nitro played on the fact that we know that you know that it's fake, but we're going to put some real shit in your face. Yeah, see, that's what it was. See, with Nitro. Nitro did that shit, and that's why I asked that question, because WCW, if they were ran properly, they would still be around now. But you got to remember, Eric Bischoff always went for the mode where you would say, oh, I know this stuff is fake and scripted, but that wasn't supposed to happen. And that was exactly. like his shock exactly. factor. So exactly. he and wanted he you to feel like, oh, that was real. That that part right there was real. Mm -hmm. And then you started watching to catch the real moments. And that's my point. The shit worked. But they had so much city management that even with a good idea, they still found a way to fuck it up. Well, I felt like once they fired Eric Bischoff and hired Vince Russo, it all went down the toilet. Because Vince Russo is a chaotic thinker. He's one of those type of people that just take a good idea way too far. And he needs... I, I, I can't say that. I yeah, can't say that. He is. And he needs a, a Vince McMahon to tell him that certain shit is a shitty idea. Well, I'll get to that. I am not a big fan of Vince Russo, the character. I am a fan of Vince Russo, the writer. But when he had, when he was in WWE, WWF back then, his writing had a filter to go through. That's like the point. Said, like you said, people were like, hey, this shit ain't, this shit ain't gonna work. But there were some angles that he let, that he came up with that did get through that were kind of retarded on paper, but the actors played their role. That's because that kind of, when you give that kind of loose cannon full control, that's when shit falls apart. Yeah, and that's my point because Vince Russo is a chaotic thinker. See, my whole thing was Vince Russo used to want to be the Jerry Springer show. He he felt like Jerry Springer was the hottest thing on TV. And if you wanted to be successful, you had to be ratchet to the fullest. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, this motherfucker doing a judge show. He's been on TV for 25 years. Now he's doing a judge show. So, I mean, he's not wrong. But he was wrong for thinking that he can turn Nitro into the Jerry Springer show. You can't do things like have a Viagra on a pole match or a Judy Bagwell on a forklift. <laughs> Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. How does that even work? Like, the first person you know to get what? it down I, wins? I have to disagree only because, only because he had some pretty stupid ideas in WWE as well that went through the pipe that got over. 
Yeah, the wow. the choppy choppy your pee pee. That was yeah, Vince Russo. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Shit the like May Young uh, sexual chocolate. That was him. I'm sorry, that was funny. That that shit was funny. That that was like really fucking funny. That was around two thousands though, wasn't it? Was Russo already with uh, WCW in two thousand? No, Wait, he, a lot a lot of people get Vince Russo shit. He went at the end of ninety nine. And he deserves a lot of the shit that comes his way. I'm not going to deny it. But I'm not going to sit here and say he was the sole reason WCW died. I think he was. Nah, man, it was them ironclad contracts. I think that Vince Russo was a big reason why WCW had failed. Because by the time Eric Bischoff got it back, it was too far gone to bring back. I mean, who's going to show up and do their work? If you know you're going to get paid whether you're there or not. I mean, in real life, would you show up to your job if you had an ironclad contract? Like, you don't have to go to work. You will still get paid. Like, would you do any of your work? It depends on what I get fired later on. Like, no, you can't be fired. No, I, I think that he just came up to a sinking ship. But no one realized it was sinking at the time. Except Big Show. Personally, I think it was the ironclad contracts. So I don't know much about WCW, but I know that was a bad idea. Big Show said the moment where they pulled up and it was like 40 guys that were all part of the NWO, he was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, the Radicals saw that shit, too. Yeah, the Radicals was out. They, they did. But, but we can talk about that all night, y'all. Yeah. yeah. And Jericho, he was out, too. Yeah, a lot of them were out. All right, so... um. With with Bailey holding both titles, the tag titles and the women's title, Sasha's challenging Oscar for the Raw women's title, yep. but she's facing EO at the Great American Bash. People are hyped out of their mind for this match. Like I'm seeing so much positive feedback, as they should be, because this one's going to be a it's barn exciting, buster. Dude. This I is like a pay per view main one. event match. I cannot wait for that one. Sasha and EO is going to be lit. I personally think that a lot of people like this match only because they have a deep-seated, maybe not so prominent hatred for Oscar because, you know, they want Sasha to get the time and not saying she shouldn't get it. Don't get me wrong. But the way they built that up where she was quietly getting ready to say, okay, I want another title because I'm jealous of you. And... A lot of people bought that shit, hook, line, and sinker, until she literally just said, I'm going to challenge Oscar. Because they quite forgot about Oscar that quickly. I think that people are hyped about it because EO, don't get it twisted, man. She's a fucking legend in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Sasha is a fucking workhorse legend over here. And when you put these two in a match, I don't give a fuck if there are 13 botches. I bet you this match is still going to be amazing. Can't wait for it. <laughs> I want to know why can't Oscar be the fifth horseman? Why do we need a fifth one? We already have four, and four are great. I mean, but she's just as good as the other four, though. And she's beaten all four of them. We don't need a fifth horseman. We don't need one. It's four. You can't throw up the forehead. Not five, Sam Spade. It's four. I think that would be shortchanging Oscar, actually. Yeah, I think Oscar's doing all right, you know, without being a horsewoman. I mean, as you said, she did beat all of them, and she is the only woman on the roster to do literally everything a woman can do 
everything, not even everything. Bailey's win the Royal Rumble, Art. I, I don't know what you're saying. A lot of people, well, I'm going to say a lot of people. Some people sleep on Oscar's abilities. She, in my opinion, she's probably one of the coldest women on the roster. She's definitely one how, of the toughest. I mean, she's definitely one of the toughest. I don't like Oscar very much, and even I can admit she is one of the best women's wrestler on that roster. Wait, why don't you like? Why don't you like Oscar? I guess I'm just not a fan of uh, the whole strong style thing, you know. But that's just me. You, you sure has nothing to do with that guy that we should have never named because he's an asshat. Well, you know, he does push the 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 thing. Because that's definitely the reason he hates Charlotte no, is because of do me. You think you think I form all my opinions because <laughs> of you? It's not true. But anyway, yeah, the <laughs> the Oscars advocate in the wrestling groups. He does. He does. He did push it on me. He was supposed to be it, on the and show. Push it and push it, and I was like, okay, I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why they call me the shit Every time he man. was definitely supposed to be on the show, but he canceled on us. Yeah, we, I, we I never got him. Did. Never, I bet he did. I bet he did I couldn't wait to talk to him too. We never got him. Sam Spade's already claimed the episode. If we ever get him on, <laughs> <laughs> yes, be there too. I I couldn't <laughs> wait to talk to this guy. All right, Sam Spade. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. If y'all got him on, I'd treat the show like the Breakfast Club and called in. Like, oh, you finally showed up, motherfucker? Yes. So how are you going to do that? This show ain't live. <laughs> he's definitely going to call in. That's a fact. No, but how's he going to go? I mean, he's going to call every number he can. not live, though. How are you going to call in He's going to interrupt Sam your Spade? call with him to call you on Messenger. <laughs> yeah, but, Sam funny. Spade, there's something that I haven't got to talk to you about. And that is the MVP Bobby Lashley duo. How do you feel about that one? Well, I really feel like, I don't know if it's MVP that, that's kind of on a lighter schedule, but he hasn't been wrestling a lot. But he has been damn good at managing. And the fact that they're using Lana or having Lana involved to where it kind of gets close to that pretty shitty angle is actually hilarious. Matt um, hates Lana. Don't put words in my mouth, Art. No, here, I can tell him I hate Lana myself. I do. I don't <laughs> like Lana very much. Here's a here's a correct question to ask: what? Is MVP better at promoting Bobby Lashley than Leo Rush is? I think he is. Me too. You know, like Leo, he was he was Lashley's hype man. Yeah, I feel like you Leo know? was more of a cheerleader, right? Uh, hype man. Like, uh, he's just bigging him up. But MVP seems like he's getting Bobby Lashley business opportunity. Right. You know, MVP looks like a legitimate manager for Bobby Lashley. You know, I love Lashley and Leo. But, yeah, I would consider Leo to be more of a hype man for him. Okay. I'll just ask you. Because... MVP has this type of maturity that Leo Rush did not have. Right, you know, he's been around the block, you know, in the WWE before and he you know, he knows the inners and outers and he can I honestly think he can help Lashley get to that so level. So here's how I look at it. I look at Leo Rush as the look at my guy over there. You ain't going to hit me because my guy beat your ass. He was entertaining. Person. He was definitely entertaining. He's one of those guys. MVP is more like Hey, bruh, I don't think you want to do this. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's one of those guys that is going to kick your ass, so you need to calm down right now. 
Leo's Leo's the shit starter. Bobby's the reasonable talker. I mean, uh, MVP's the reasonable talker. Hmm. Now, do you think that MVP is trying to recreate what I like to call Nation of Domination 2.0? I hope not. Don't think so. Um, And even if he was, I don't think Apollo Crews would fit the mold. I, I... I don't think it needs a stable. You know, it's working well with Lashley and MVP. Wait, wait, wait. I disagree with that statement. This is the only reason I say that. We've only seen Apollo Crews as a fake. We have never seen him as a heel yet. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, there is no like telling. As a heel. Yeah, there is no telling how good he could actually be as a bad guy. Yeah, I and guess then, that's true. And then on top of that, you got to remember, because MVP is already a bad guy, he can do the bad guy promos. For Apollo, all he has to do is do a couple little cheap shit in the ring, but still do athletic stuff. And Apollo has to not smile, though. Can you ever see him not smiling? I mean, Dakota Kai had a pretty infectious smile, too, when she was a face art, and now she doesn't smile so much. Well, I think the biggest one was Becky Lynch. I mean, Waylon Mercy smiled all the time, and he was nothing but a heel. Yeah. <laughs> Waylon Mercy was so underrated. Who that? Dude, that was like one of my favorite gimmicks. Mercy. He was so underrated. Who that? The guy who had on the white pants, the knife in his for- middle of his forehead. He was ba- he was dangerous dance spicy when he went to WWF. He was like basically 90. a more psychotic version of what Dexter Loomis is. I don't know who that is. No, I know who Dexter Loomis is, but I don't know who got to talk Bray Wyatt's first character. Yeah, he was he was the first Bray Wyatt. He was like the Maybe. Southern country. That gimmick was so awesome. I think he was so underrated. The person who I felt like was so overrated was fucking Paul Burchill. Nobody wants to see a pirate. I thought I kind of thought Paul Burchill was pretty cool. But then I hated again, that. But then again, I was a teenager, you know, watching it and everything. You know, my I ideas like have kind of uh, kind of grown up. But yeah, I thought the pirate the pirate gimmick was kind of cool. Oh, he comes swinging in on a rope. I thought it was kind of cool. You that know, is it was so kid, dumb. Him and, his, and his sword and everything. That's so dumb, I thought dude. It was pretty cool. I would give fucking uh, Kyrie Sane a better pirate no, no, gimmick than no, you Paul don't. Art Paul Bircher was an actual pirate. Kyrie Sane is I not a pirate. That's the problem. Art, I think that's the problem. Her coming out there with her telescope and her saying ahoy every five minutes does not make her a pirate, Art. Paul Birch is a better pirate. Don't go there. I think that's the problem Don't is he's an there. actual pirate. He lived his character, Art. That's the problem. Well, what's the problem? How are you going to say they being good at playing a pirate's a problem, Art? How? Because where are the pirates? Well, Art... He was playing a character. Where the hell are the pirates? He was playing a good character. Who's going to relate to him being a pirate? Because where are the pirates that relate to him? It was pretty cool, Art. I don't want to hear it. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Katie Burchard was hot as fuck. Yeah, I liked Katie Burchard. Katie Burchard was hot as fuck. I didn't like that pseudo incest angle they ran, though. I don't remember that. So gross. I don't remember that. So dumb. Like, it was pretty much how they did the doing something where it was implied they were gay, but they literally came out that they weren't. But it was heavily implied up until that point. It was the same thing with the virtues. It was literally the same thing. This incident. Damn. Really? 
Since we're bringing up throwbacks, how about that Deuce and Domino? I like the Deuce and Domino. Do you think that that could have went any further? Because, you know, the 60s uh, that, that greasers. That was the time when it had a lot of people inflated. That, that was, no. So the that greaser the thing wouldn't have worked? I mean, I think they had a good character. Her coming out with roller skates right, and them stuff. In, and them in the car. The old 60s, the old 60s. Eddie took car. that over. Eddie took that over and ran with it. Yeah, no, but they used to come out of the car, too. Eddie took that over, though. Yeah, Eddie did. Him and the lowrider. Eddie <laughs> took that over, ran with it, and there was no stopping Latino. He was. He hit them switches on your bitch ass. Nope. <laughs> the hydraulics, man. I'm telling you. awesome. While we on the subject of giving shout-outs to old school stuff, I got to give a heartfelt, deep, deep, deep love shout-out to my niggas' crime time. Yeah, Shad Gaspar, yeah. JTG. R.I.P. Right. Big Shad, man. For the longest time, I'm being dead honest, for the longest time, I cannot stand the primetime players. Darren Young and Titus O'Neal? For the longest time, because they actually came off as just primetime 1.5. Not 2.0, 1.5. Primetime did, though. No. But, it was important. And they had their own separate thing, and then I kind of had the same vibe when I saw the primetime players. But then they had their own little thing, and I, I fucking love the crime time. Play. I felt like I feel like the street profits are impersonating crime time I'm sorry, more. That's, that's what I meant to say. Street profits. That's what I meant to say. Street profits. Yeah, street profits are impersonating crime time a little more. But I think I think somebody has to do it, dog. We need that hip hop group out here. And and I hate to say it, but ironically. At a time, people thought it was going to be the New Day, but New Day had their own little thing going where it was like, we're just positive. We ain't got to do hip hop all the time. Well, that's Vince's fault because he wanted them to be fucking preachers. And how how different can you make being a preacher? Yeah. I give New Day all the props in the world because they took a gimmick that they it was destined to fail and they changed their own day. And they and and right now they're the longest stable in WWE history without a breakup. And at one point they were the most entertaining thing on WWE TV. Like I will and give them that most definitely. Where, there was a point in time where everybody wanted at some point Biggie to break away, and I was one of those guys. I'm not gonna lie because he deserves a fucking world title shot at least. But at this point, if you break up New Day, it's, what's the point? There is you no miss, point. I mean, could you honestly... You missed miss all your fucking votes at this point. So there's no point breaking up. If one retires, the whole team got to retire at this point. Yeah, that's true. I couldn't see nobody else in it, and I couldn't see them without each other. I don't know. I think Kofi could go solo again. Well, he kind of did, but it was still part of the New Day. I know, but if he ever did go back by himself, I think he'd do alright. And shout out to them being the first black team to hold the WWE title and the tag titles at the same time. And I gotta be honest, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, um, Kofi was just a, literally just a beneficiary of an unfortunate situation. But it, it it worked out great in our favor. It did. It really did work in his favor, though. But, you know, now, now here's the thing. 
No, the planet's champion would have been had a long tenured run. Yeah, I think Daniel Bryan would have kept that belt for a few more months. That was the thing, you know. That's uh, what they do sometimes. You know, we they do things just to shut us up. Sometimes, you know, they would work with the Yes Movement, and then they did it with Kofi. Well, I loved it with Becky. I fucking loved the Kofi Movement. Yeah, I I was such a proud black man at that point. I get you. You know, but, this, I mean, this is what I equate the Kofi movement to. If Daniel Bryan, you know, his initial rise, if Kofi was in that moment, that's what I equate it to. It was almost on that level. I love, I fucking love that movement. That movement. I was so proud of it. I was, you know, I was all in. It's when when Kofi had his run. I had been waiting on that for a long time. For a black man to finally get that type of acceptance and push in the WWE. It hasn't happened that often. Most of the time when we do get our pushes and runs, they're heels. Yeah, I get you. But, you know, I just wish that uh, they would have actually, you know, built Kofi up more. You know, because, as I said, uh, the same thing with Otis. You know, it's like... We're seeing a mid-carder walk around with the WWE title. I'm sorry, but that's kind of how I uh, I felt when Kofi was WWE champion. So, Sam, how do you feel about Braun Strowman being the Universal Champion? How do you feel he's doing? Do you feel like he's doing a good job? or? I mean, he's doing a good job, all being considered, but not really. What? Not really. Like... If you, if you take into account all the shit that's going on, then he's, he's doing, doing a good the best job that he can. Really. He, he's doing the best <laughs> that he can. But with that being said, mm, honestly, I'd rather see Seth Rollins run with that bitch, and I can't stand this son of a bitch right now. Well, I like the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. And Lord knows I don't like Braun Strowman very much. I do. I think he's doing a pretty good job. I, I think... don't like Braun Strowman. I honestly think uh, it's the whole monster thing's kind of been ruined. You know, like, with the losses and everything, they try to save him, but, you know, by saying he, he lost by this or he lost by that. But the point is, he still lost, wait, wait. though. Do you realize that the only person that can literally say he's about as strong as Braun Strowman is Cesaro? He's, like, half his size? Yeah, I get that. I do. It's just, I don't know. Never really did like Braun. Matt's a grouchy McGrouch pants. Don't, he doesn't don't, don't like anything. Don't start with me. He doesn't like anything. I do say that his most exciting points were when we were when when he was showing off his strength. You know, that's what I liked with Braun Strowman. You know, flipping over he cars, was flipping and... over trucks, or you know, he was flipping, or he was uh, you know, tearing something down. You know, he was good with the whole segment things. He just, I don't know, I never really liked him as a wrestler, but that's just me. He's kind of limited as a wrestler. Just a little. There's only so much he can do without looking like he's putting somebody too far over. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't. All right. Uh, last last thoughts, man. All right, what's that? Just want to hear your last thoughts about what's going on, the state of uh, everything, and... You know, get it off your chest right fast. I mean, if I'm being dead honest, which I normally am. Normally. 
Wear your goddamn mask, people. Please. Stop being, stop being an asshole talking about some, oh, I got this kind of right, that kind of shit. What people don't realize is that when you wear a mask, you're showing respect to everybody in contact you're going to be in for the rest of that day when you're wearing that mask. You were, you not wearing a mask literally saying, fuck you, I hope you get sick. Don't be that asshole. That's that's the problem with America. Any words don't care any, about each other. Any words for the Karens out there? Ninety uh, percent of these Karens be fucking niggas, and they might have got fucked over by one. You know, somebody lied to or whatever, and that's why they speaking out the way they do with this bullshit. But I personally think this Karen shit that we see is low key stage, and I only say that because as a logical person. Who the fuck would go through that kind of trouble just to fuck somebody over? Karen. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not real or anything. I'm just, I'm just thinking as a logical person. You watch these videos and you're like, okay, all you're doing is standing there. And this bitch, not only is she saying you're attacking her, but she's screaming at the top of her fucking lungs, completely lying about it. And she knows she's being videotaped. The proof that she's lying about this shit. They be so mad at that point. Like, I have quite a few white people that I'm friends with, you know, cool with, and seeing them Karen type situations makes me wonder, like, what would happen if they got put in that situation where they act the same way? And I don't like thinking like that because I try to be a fair person, but I'm also a realist. You know, but... Motherfuckers, we in some bullshit right now. We got a lot of shit going on in this country right now. We have COVID going on. We got damn near Civil War three getting ready to pop off. The Trump bitch ass. I don't even want to talk about that guy. Please don't. We, we got all this shit coming on, going on. We really need to just sit back and really re- realize what's really important to us. Exactly. You know, family, friends, loved ones. Stop being assholes. Exactly. Well, well spoken. Yeah, it's true. Well spoken from the Reverend of Real Shit. All right, man. Tell them where to reach you. Y'all can reach me on Twitter at JMYMY2C. That's short for just my two cents. Because I like telling my points and I like the hoes. Period, point blank. I'm going to follow you as soon as we get off of here. Matt, tell them where to reach you, bro. Uh, Matt Lindsay, Facebook, Matt Lindsay 637 on Instagram. And I still have not changed my Twitter handle, it's so it's still just pretty Just look long. up Matt Lindsay. It's on his Twitter. <laughs> and me, ArtDog1 on Instagram, ArtDog3 on Twitter, Arthur Quinn on Facebook. Hit us up at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com. Give us what you want us to talk about, argue with us, whatever you feel. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. Next week, I believe we're going to have two guests on. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'd be two. My main man, Sam Spade, will be back. And we'll have our other, uh, one of our other uh, favorite guests, Mr. Teddy D. Champ, will be joining us. All right. Should be man. a great one. That's going to be fun. Can't but wait. Before we, before we go, real quick, did you just say that you're going to follow me now, even though I've said this? Twitter handle every time I've done a show with you I'm guys. not really that much on Twitter, but I'm definitely going on there today <laughs> to follow you now. Yeah, that's what right. he said. I, I, I thought I, about I, that. I just, had, I just had to call you out real quick. Yep, you know, I thought know. about it, but I'm going to do it right now. Thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. We'll holler back. So long.